All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode 225. Are we doomed? I don't think so. And I'm looking forward to this conversation today with my guest because we've been friends and mutuals for uh, or on the uh, Twitterverse for quite a little bit. So uh, before we get into all that stuff, make sure you go to all the links below, follow me, follow Brady everywhere. And, um, you know, check out all the stuff, all the good stuff I got going on. And, um, you know, let this intro run too long. But um, without further ado, let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical, and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Brady Leonard. Please tell me I said that in full name right. Yeah, you got it, brother. Nice, <laughs> hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad we could actually do this. We've been trying to set up a podcast for a couple months now, man. And like life gets crazy. We keep having to, usually it's my fault because I got a new baby at home and everything. I think I've canceled on you twice already, which is like, by the way, my MO is like never cancel on anybody. So it does bother me when I have to bail, man. Yeah, no, dude, I totally get it. But, um, you know, obviously no hard feelings at all. Um, you know, hopefully my wife and I will be, you know, knowing a similar feeling soon. But, um, you know, why don't you give my uh, guest an introduction to yourself? I think you and I have a lot of uh, cross interests here, and we also kind of look at politics a lot in the same way. So, uh, yeah, dude, go ahead. Floor's yours. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm a professional musician. I, I toured with uh, my band Top on Fearing my entire adult life. I mean, I started the band when I was 17. So I did that. And toured full time, meaning at least 100 dates a year, wow. until like 2016 ish, um, and it's it's slowed down since then. But um, you know, I, I spent my entire adult life into my late 20s on the road, and I never really thought I'd do anything else, um, creatively at least. Um, and then uh, 20 yeah 2016, me and my former co-host Josiah Hughes, who produced one of my band's albums, he was in a band we toured with a lot. Uh, we're really good friends, and we talked about doing a podcast for years and we kind of thought it would be like a rock and roll version of Rogan or something where we just like shoot the shit with our buddies on the road and like in hotel rooms and just tell stories and stuff like that. And we're, but we're both really into politics or politically involved. And we're like, and like, there's definitely big holes in the market. Like there's room for other good shows. Like if we can figure out what we want to do. And then I remember on a election night, 2016, when Trump was elected, like uh, he he's from Jacksonville, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and we were both like checking out like content we like, you know, hosts we like. What are they saying about this? And then I was flipping. I, I was over at my parents' house. Every four years, we get hammered over at my uh, folks' place and watch the end of the world come in. And um, so we're doing that. election. Yeah, and I don't have cable or anything, but I was flipping back and forth between Fox News and then one of the the lefty ones. I don't know if it was CNN or the other one. I don't know. Interchangeable. But uh, on Fox, they were all like, yeah, see, we told you guys that Trump was going to win. We were right the whole time. And I don't think Trump thought he was going to win. I flip it over to CNN or whatever. And uh, this woman, Martha Raddatz, who's a best-selling author, was crying (laughs) on air um, because her preferred candidate lost. And I texted my buddy Joe. I was like, dude, like, we, we, we can do, like, better political content than this. It's like, like, look at, like, what people are producing out there. It's just trash by put out by trash people. It, it, it's just, it, it was hilarious. We were like, well, if we can't do better than that, then we are just completely incompetent men. You know? mm-hmm. And, you know, we're both libertarians and, and I've only become more radical in the almost seven years I've been hosting my show. Um, but, you know, so we, and then I, I kind of am coming at it from a different worldview too, because I, I've spent so much time on the road. I've been to 46 states, like every big city and small town in this country. And I love this country and I love Americans. Like I, I get, like, I understand everyone. Like I've, I've hung out with like the ridiculous lefty chicks in California and like the bankers from New York and the cowboy from Texas and the rancher from Montana. And I like all of them. Like, I don't hate any of these people. So I feel like 
you know, just understanding where just about everyone in this country is coming from, just because I've like, you like, you know, you haven't toured as much as I have, but you've been in a band a long time. Like you you just get to know people, man, at shows and you like end up crashing at people's houses and you stay up all night talking and playing poker and drinking and like just talking about life and God and politics and everything. And you just get to know people. And I feel like, you know, we kind of thought going in, this is a long time ago now, like maybe this will give us a little bit of a unique perspective that other people aren't bringing to the table. And that's kind of how I got my start with the No Gimmicks podcast. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And this is what's so frustrating about talking to people who are probably, I want to say outside of our niche in particular, especially people who just stay in the political realm. They just tend to dig their heels deeper and deeper and deeper into their own side and not talk to anybody else. And like, um, like people look at me like, like I got six heads. If I tell them I listen to like almost every single episode of media roots radio, because they're like hardcore leftists, but they're very anti-imperialist. Um, I enjoy listening to, you know, the majority report. I don't agree with these people on very much, but it's kind of interesting to see their worldview. But, um, you know, at the same time, I also listen to, you know, Pete Quinones and then all the libertarian podcasts and stuff like that. So, um, in, you know, you would know just as well as I do that just the idea that, there's people waiting under your bed to like slit your throat because you disagree on politics is just this silly fantastical idea that maybe exists in like the extreme fringes on each side so much so that you'll probably never come across one of these people in your personal life right i mean like i do take like i've never said my wife's name on my show and she's not allowed to enter she's on twitter but she's not allowed to tag me or interact with me and I know really because it's like yeah. I have gotten a lot of and probably once my daughter's one, maybe two, I'm going to have to start putting like an emoji over her face when I post pictures and stuff. Because right. I just like I do take precautions like that because I have gotten threats and it is there's a lot of crazy people out there, you know. But oh, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just like I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people in this space and just political commentary are just like they're not guys like us <laughs> you know, or they're not from like where we are in just geographically one. I mean, I'm from Northwest Ohio and it's like, yeah. people are just cut from the same cloth. They have the same like white ass coastal life experience. And there's their worldview is so limited. And even like, there's a lot of, I don't know, like how many libertarian commentators are like playing rock and roll and hanging out in the woods and in a tree stand shooting right. animals and going fishing all the time. Like I do have like a, and I'm also like a devout Christian. I have like, I'm like in my own personal life, I'm like very conservative. And so it's like, I, I, I feel like it's always good when different types of, I'm definitely not the kind of person that should have been like, I kind of forest gumped into it. Like I have no, <laughs> like I didn't go to college. I have nothing, yeah. like, you know, I have no experience talking about politics and I ended up getting these jobs writing and then like people tune in the show for some reason and all that. But like, I don't know. It's good. Like, it's good to not have like another former lawyer who like you know read a lot of whatever and and got into it you know like it's i definitely took a different route to to get here yeah my older brother kind of got me into libertarianism but yeah i i think i resemble your journey in a lot of ways as well because you know i grew up fixing cars and uh you know i've been in the automotive business for uh 10 years and i tell people this all the time but one of the people i used to work with at the last dealership i worked at was one of trump's top donors in pennsylvania so like i'm very very much so in touch with like the gop trump base working in you know general motors dealers for now almost you know over 10 years so it's not like i should have just became a libertarian but i did carry a lot of like the standard republican beliefs but over time kind of changed my views a little bit more towards um libertarian my brother introduced me to it when i was i think probably like 15 or 16 i really you know i I never sat down and read the books just because like i don't know for me libertarianism isn't like the be all end all for me like there's so much more to life and you know my idea when it comes to talking politics and i feel like you probably do the same thing you don't walk up to people and tell them hey taxation is theft i'm a libertarian if you disagree you're an asshole you may kind of mosey your way over to political conversations and even if you disagree you're not an asshole to that person but you guys can you know have a nuanced conversation without it turning into a fucking blowout oh yeah man and like i on my show i just cover the news pretty much it's like news of the day type stuff it's not like mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I've read Mises and Rothbard and Hayek and all these guys, and I agree with them, and that's why I am an anarcho-capitalist. Um, but, like, I, I mean, I'll co- and I'll get shit from libertarians, too, that are like, you know, oh, you've, you know, because uh, I've done whole podcasts on how, like, 
Ron DeSantis is better than Donald Trump. And they're like, oh, he's so bad on this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, Scott Horton isn't going to be president of the United States. Like, what do you, you know, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, if I'm asked a question, like, who would I prefer in the Republican primary? I can answer that question without like an hour long lecture on why all the candidates are bad on economics, which they are. But it's like, <laughs> but we understand that because we're not talking about like a primary between Ludwig von Mises and Murray Rothbard. We're talking about, a pr- you know, like it's, there's a lot of like autism out there among like the liber- libertarian <laughs> sphere where it's like, right. guys, like we can talk, walk and chew gum at the same time. And it's like, I, I don't, I have more like conservatives on my show than, than libertarians, certainly than anarchists, because there's more of them. There's just like more of them and they're like buddies of mine and it's fun and who cares? It's like, doesn't mean I agree with them on everything. And they know that, it, it, but it's, it's so weird, man. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I wish I could have more lefties on the show, but after the first couple of years, they basically stopped doing that altogether. Like, it, it's pulling teeth to try to get somebody from the left on the show. Yeah, it is kind of frustrating. Um, Kind of, I, I guess we could pivot over a little bit to that. Um, When it comes to DeSantis, and I had uh, Cynthia Cowie on, which I think you probably know her. She's, uh, I, know I the think, name, the president. Yeah. Yeah, she's like the president of the South Dakota Republicans Club, and I think she's like out in California or something like that. She's pretty active on like a local level with the Republican Party, and I think she's absolutely fantastic. So um, if you don't know her, you definitely should. I think you two would have an awesome conversation. But um, I kind of was talking to her about this, and like where DeSantis is bad, like foreign policy is typically the first thing that comes to mind. Um, Trump is better, like his innate instincts are better. But everything else, DeSantis is pretty good. Like I, I remember listening to Tim Pool, and I know you and I wanted to get on this too. Uh, the whole Civil War deal, but oh, like, I can't wait. yeah, <laughs> um, Tim Pool had said that like DeSantis seems like he would be a pushover, whereas Trump is going to be you know all about revenge. And I'm like, <laughs> did you not live through the five years that Trump was president? Like he had, he didn't have a single vindictive bone in no. his body. DeSantis, on the other hand, when he was in Florida, he wasn't afraid to go in there and hire and fire people. But the problem is, is that once again, DeSantis's innate instincts on foreign policy are a lot worse than Trump's. But when it comes to domestic policy, DeSantis, I think, can get shit done. Yeah, I mean, nothing's going to get done on foreign policy for the better anytime soon anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, I just don't see anything, unfortunately. I don't see anything improving. But um, I actually don't think that, well, like, Trump instinctually would is like, whoa, is bad, you know, which is true and good. I'm, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree more. But, like, he he doesn't, his foreign policy isn't better or worse than anyone else because he doesn't have one. He's just like whoever he played golf with that day. <laughs> and if it's, if it's, whoever gave his Big Mac. Dude, if it's Rand Paul <laughs> play golf with him that day, then great. Then, I mean, right. fan, like, then we don't bomb Iran. Yeah, exactly. It was like the day before or the day that Iran, it was like 2017, 2018, something like that. They shot down one of our like predator drones and like the entire press and both political parties and the joint chiefs are like, all right, finally, we're going to get our war with Iran. Plays golf with Rand Paul, no war with Iran. And then like he'll play golf with Lindsey Graham and he's like dropping the Moab all over Syria. You're like, okay, all right, like what? This isn't, there's nothing backing this up. Like there's no principle. There's no like thought behind it it's just like oh i'm hanging out with my friend my friend wants to do this we'll do that yeah and then he hangs it's just like he's so easily fooled by everyone around him and tricked into doing things by everyone around him that it just like makes me nervous i mean if you're a kid in the middle east man that boy that better make you nervous because you just don't know you know like Mm. i figure like and i mean desantis would suck on foreign policy too i mean these are republicans we're talking about here not named paul but like yeah (laughs) He's he's at least a clever enough politician that he understands that like the base of the GOP doesn't want war, and I think he like would be better than you'd think. With okay. with Trump, it's like if uh, let's say Trump won in twenty twenty, dude, who knows where we're at right now in Ukraine? Yeah. I mean, like it just did he play golf with Rand or Lindsey that day? like would literally between like could mean the difference between a quick negotiated end of the war within a week or literal we're in world war three right now i mean it's like yeah so it's like when it comes to trump and foreign policy it's like gosh i just can't feel good about that right because you just never know what you're gonna get yeah i agree with that um 
And it's it's so annoying because I see people saying that, oh, Trump would negotiate the end to uh, the war in Ukraine. And then literally he comes out and says, oh, yeah, well, I would tell I would tell Putin that I would arm Ukraine like they've never been armed before if he doesn't stop. There's something to the degree of that. And the other thing is, is that he also was the one that sent the Javelin missiles into Ukraine, which right. Obama would not do. Everybody was saying, oh, this would never happen under Trump's watch. Like, are you an idiot? He was a he was a major hawk on Russia. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, to his credit, he did say that the Russiagate hoax kind of played into a lot of the tensions with Russia. It's a fair point. He's not wrong. But, you know, now <laughs> I think Reed Cover and I, Coverdale and I have talked about this a lot. But like um, if I were Trump losing in 2020 was huge for him because he just left the giant shit storm in Biden's lap. So, you know, he doesn't have to claim credit for any of that. All the disastrous COVID policies, he could just say, Amy. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. And the fact that so many Republicans are letting him off the hook, man, I like, right. COVID is still number one on my list, even like at least tied with maybe even above the Ukraine war. Because that, I mean, that was the greatest expansion of government power in the United States since I think it was worse than the Patriot Act, even. Yeah. I mean, we're talking since like the New Deal 75 years or 80 years ago. You know, it's like that was bad, man. And he let it happen. It was on his watch. He had a full year to fire Anthony Fauci and stop with all this nonsense. He didn't do it. He told uh, some woman at Fox News that he didn't fire Fauci because he was scared that the Democrats would be mad at him. He would take the most ridiculous. (laughs) Like they just impeached you twice for no reason. Like they're going to hate you anyways. They're mad at you. My goodness. And it's like, you know, and I know people who have died, who fell off the wagon and OD'd because of the lockdowns that Trump allowed to happen. I mean, that's literal blood on this man's hands. And he says, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I'll never apologize. Blah, blah. And it's then like, criticizes well, DeSantis for his COVID stance. When he was attacking DeSantis and Kemp and a few other governors, Christy Nome and yeah. some of these governors that didn't lock down, he was attacking him at the time. So it's just like, yeah, man. And the thing is about me, too, like I am an anarcho-capitalist, but like I'm a registered Republican because you have to register in Ohio to vote in primaries. And I like voting mm-hmm. in the Republican primaries because I live here and I, I yeah. take heat from libertarians all the time and, and, and caps all the time. Like, how can you vote for because I voted for Trump twice, right? Mm. Like, how could you vote for Trump? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, man, because I have a family and I live here and like tax policy matters because I'm a middle-class dude trying to raise a family and like crime matter. Like these things like matter. I know they're not much better on paper in terms of our ANCAP, you know, checklist than the Democrats are. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like when you're a middle-class family, it matters. Like I, I'm, gonna vote for the whoever's the least evil whoever wants to kill the least amount of people and tax me the least and you know honestly and it sucks and i feel terrible saying this but it's like even if like tim scott were the republican right like somebody who would absolutely be terrible on foreign policy like i'd vote for that person over biden because at least like i don't know i'd have more money for my family probably (laughs) a little bit marginally you know like the 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 U.S. dollar would be devalued a little slower. You know what I mean? Like inflation mm. wouldn't be quite as bad. Like, I don't, I mean, it sounds stupid, and I get, I totally respect why people don't share that view. But yeah. I don't know, man. Like at least in Ohio, like elections used to come down to the wire too. Like now it's trending mm. red, so it really did, like Republicans don't really need my vote anymore. But like, I don't yeah. know. Like I, I can walk and chew. I can hold my principles and still like suck it up and do what's best for my family at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it really does kind of come down to the lesser two evils. Now everyone will probably throw stones my way for this, but I'm pretty sure I've said it before that I donated Joe Jorgensen's campaign and I did vote for her in 2020. Um, the libertarian party is like floundering right now. So I was very, very pro libertarian party. I would say probably like two years ago, but I'm no longer involved. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that's kind of promising about DeSantis, and obviously I've been very, very critical of him, is that you have somebody like Thomas Massey in his ear. And DeSantis is less gullible than Trump, but he's a lot smarter than Trump. So, like, when it comes to his foreign policy positions, I think he's going to be stubborn, but he's he at least, like, knows something. And I right. feel like if you have somebody like Thomas Massey in your ear who I would consider as the greatest Republican in Congress right now. Oh, yeah. Um, by, by I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good sign. Um, now, I know, I'm sure once, let's say DeSantis wins the primary, I think someone like Matt Gates would also be a little bit more amiable to him where he hasn't been recently. Um, 
I, I think there's people who will pull him in the right direction, but there's, you know, it's just going to depend on where he feels like he wants to go, you know, because it's yeah. not like Donald Trump where you hand him a Big Mac and then he says, okay, well, we're not going to bomb Iran or Netanyahu gives him, you know, a pat on the back and he says, okay, well, no, we're going to sanction the fuck out of Iran. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way to, to know. I mean, he, he was a freedom caucus guy. And so he probably worked mm. closely with Massey on legislation. That's I assume that's why right. they know each other so well and stuff, but it's mm. like on foreign policy, I just don't have any hope for anybody that can reasonably be elected, you know, yeah, it's just not it's not like, you know, I, I was introduced to libertarianism like a lot of people, probably like half of libertarians in the country by the Ron mm -hmm. Paul campaigns in 08 and 2012. And, you know, that was like and I was a conservative before that, like growing up, I was I was on the I've always been on the right. I'm still on the right. I mean, I'm a right wing mm -hmm. guy, pretty far right. But, um, you know, I, I'm so I do come from that, like conservative background. And then I just became yeah more and more libertarian over time. And I, I was, I was always pretty radical, especially the mm -hmm. last five, seven years have been pretty radical. And then, you know, I, I finally gave up. I, I just like, I, I even gave up the libertarian label. I just called myself an anarchist after March, 2020. That was it. After the, after the cops arrested that pastor in Kentucky, I was like, all right, that's it. Wrap it up, boys. It's not, uh, it's not salvageable. That's it. Republican cops arrested a Republican pastor in Republican Kentucky. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's it, man. Government, it's not, you can't, there's no coming back from that. It has to be completely eliminated. Um, yeah. And that, that was it. So it's like, I don't even like, yeah, that, I think maybe a lot of people kind of took that trajectory too. I wish more people did yeah. actually, but. Right. Um, <laughs> you'd think the, the, would. Right. The one white pill I always took out of that was, uh, out of COVID was seeing um, like people like Ian Smith, right. Um, where they came, the cop came, the sheriff came to shut down his gym or tell people that they couldn't be there. And he was standing in front of all those people. And he said, Hey, you guys are all technically in violation of federal government, you know, guidelines or state government guidelines for COVID. But with that being said, you guys have a nice day and him walking away. So like, I understand the a cab thing and I'm not saying you're saying this, but like, I understand why people go there, but I also kind of look at those situations and think there's definitely hope out there. And yeah. I think like if libertarians are willing to stop being so principled, quote unquote, and say, hey, I'm going to use this power in more productive ways, or I'm going to get elected sheriff, I'm going to make oh, yeah. good ties within my community to help influence things in a positive way, I think we would be in a lot better of a direction. So um, I guess a little bit of a long-winded way to get to the meta idea of like, what's the purpose of the libertarian party if we're not going to win local elections or be influential to people outside of libertarians because we can't do it by ourselves right i liked the uh what i saw a little bit there's like a few instances mm -hmm. um in the midterms where mm -hmm. the lp just like we're not going to run a candidate against x if like the right. republican was like Good reasonably enough, good on enough things you know yeah. and uh, i think i think that was good you know it's funny man i am um, another thing about me as a podcaster i don't like i just i'm busy i have a lot of hobbies and i do i'm just i'm a busy guy i'm 34 i'm not you know a lot of people in this, this space are a lot younger than me and it's like i just choose to not learn about topics I'm just like, I'm not like, I'm just, I like, totally get that. <laughs> I just don't click on it. And like, so the whole, uh, Dave Smith and all those guys like took over the libertarian party. And I, I, I like Dave Smith and his podcast is actually probably the podcast, at least in terms of politics that I mm -hmm. frequent the most often. I really enjoy yeah. his takes on stuff, but, um, I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to join the libertarian party. I don't think it's really going to matter. So I'm just not like, anytime I see something about like, Oh, the, Mises caucus are arguing with so-and-so about something. I'm like, no, nope, nope. Keep scrolling. Not like, I don't want to know. I don't know the players uh, involved. I don't know what happened. I was like, I just don't have the brain space to come mm, up with an opinion on that. No it's like, I just don't, I just don't need a pin. Like Marcus Aurelius. And I quote this all the time on the show. And I, I always butcher the quote, but said something along the lines of like things in and of themselves don't possess the power to extract a verdict from you. Meaning like you don't have like you don't owe any topic your attention or your energy. Like you can just not care and just like move on. And like uh it, it was funny, like I didn't know anything. I didn't know who Andrew Tate was. 
until like a week ago when yeah. I said on the podcast that I didn't know who Andrew Tate was. And then my guest explained to me who he was. And I was like, the only reason why I didn't cut him off is because I didn't want to be rude. I was like, no, no. He didn't understand that I didn't want to know. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I did not want to know that piece of information mm -hmm. at all. I was perfectly happy that if Andrew Tate came up and sat down next to me, I would not recognize him. That's how I wanted to go through life. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my, my guest, great guy, but uh, ruined that for me. But it's just like, man, I just like, I, I learned early on, like the first couple of years I was doing this, I, I was like, I got to have an, I just got to have a take, man. Like I got to like read up on everything and have an opinion on everything. And I mean, my former co-host Josiah quit. He was like, I can't handle this, man. It's like, it's too mm. much. It takes up too much time. I was like, I get it. And I, I continued on like that for a while. And then I just really scaled back. And I mean, I put out more content than ever, but it's just, I scale back on what I learn about because yeah. I just, it just kills you, man. It brings you down, weighs you down to mm. just have a take on everything, man. Like somebody yeah. asked me, um, I do like Q and A's on the show a lot. And somebody asked me, uh, if there's like some lawsuit against that fat black singer who plays a flute. What's her freaking name? Lizzo. Lizzo. It's like, what do you think? It is like some lawsuit. She was making like her backup dancers sleep with hookers or whatever. And I was just like, my brother, I will never like, there's no way I'll click that link. Not in a million years, man. It could be the last article on earth and I'm dying yeah. of boredom. And I'm just not going to formulate an opinion on that woman. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just it's just never going to happen, man. Mm -hmm. No, dude, I, I completely understand that. And I actually feel that on a very, very, very deep level. Because I look at some shit and I'm like, I, I just, I can't bring the mental bandwidth to give a fuck about this. Or, no. you know, constantly be well read on the current thing. And, and like, there is this dichotomy of, you know, people who are for the current thing. And then the people who just automatically counter signal the current thing. It's like, man, it's so fucking predictable. And it's the same with presidential politics. <laughs> like, you're seeing this with Trump versus DeSantis now, too. It's just... Everybody is having like the most blanket NPC takes at all times. Like there is yes. no one with an original idea. And like, I, I don't know, like you said, I just don't want to sit here and give a fuck about everything all the time. But Sometimes the anti, even like the anti-establishment or anti-status mm -hmm. position is a boring NPC position too. Yes. Like the exact, like freaking this morning um what's his name vivek uh ramaswamy, vivek ramaswamy gets yeah. on my nerves man there's something about that feller <laughs> he's just so inauthentic it bothers me yeah. and he was talking to some donk from the blaze mm. and the host i think it was a joke but mm. it was like do you believe that like the government did 9 11 oh, and Jesus. then like he just felt vivek felt the need did you see this like he felt no the i didn't see it he felt the need to be contrary. And he's like, I just, I don't think they're telling the truth about nine 11. What are you going to do? Trust the government? Like there's probably a lot there. We don't know. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like some things just happen, brother. Like Osama bin Laden told us exactly why he did what he did. Right. Everybody involved admitted to it. Like yeah. they're real mad about all the military stuff in Saudi Arabia. They view it as the, the, you know, the sacred country in Islam with Mecca and Medina. They're real pissed about the, clinton era blockade that killed half a million iraqi children women and right. children those are the main reasons he wanted to go kill americans and he killed americans pretty easy to understand pretty straightforward and we knew about it the whole time yes mm -hmm. planes can bring down those buildings like <laughs> and vivek ramaswamy knows that like he's not an idiot he doesn't think that like bush did 9-11 he just like feels like he has to have this like contrarian npc take on every it's like Man, I, I don't get, you know, you don't have to hand it to RFK Jr. on everything just because he's right on some things. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to constantly go to all these extremes. And I'm an anarchist. Like, I believe right. that, like, running for office should get you thrown in prison forever because you're a sociopath. Okay? Like, I can't, I think all of them, like, <laughs> they should all be in prison. They're a bunch of blood-soaked monsters. Like, that, like, I couldn't have a lower, I could, like, I couldn't have a lower opinion of George Bush, right? <laughs> but come on. Like, this is 9-11. We, we kind of had 9-11. We don't have to just ask questions, just asking questions about 9-11. Like, we really don't at this point. Yeah, and 
most of the shit i don't want to say is settled about 9-11 but i mean like it's not that hard to find good information on 9-11 i've had one of the world's top researchers on the show twice actually uh, adam fitzgerald but like oh, nice. uh, why do we want to it's like just having a take for clout like i remember seeing him do a video of him pushing his kids around in a stroller while he's giving a campaign speech and uh somebody that i've had on the show as well and really really like his name's ryan stone and uh he put up a uh he put a quote tweet of a Matt Walsh thing it, where Matt Walsh was like holding his two kids and he just put posting the fuck trophies for clout. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So like, but you know oh, why people do that, right? Yeah, yeah, Vex yeah. pushing his kids around because he wants all the oh, yeah. social conservatives. And yeah. like, I don't, I don't think he's doing this nefariously, but like, you know, he's trying to get a rise out of you and he's trying to, you know, play every single side. He's trying to get, play it safe as possible because like what are you gonna do attack somebody pushing their kids he's trying to push his kids around so that way he can virtue signal to everybody while he gives you a campaign speech it makes you feel good and once i'm not saying he's a bad dude but you know that he's basically using his kids as political ads oh yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's terrible and that guy man there's just something about him because like a lot of politicians are really stupid and i and so they're easy to understand they're very simple-minded people most of the time yeah but like Vivis guy, he's actually a smart guy. Like he's a successful guy. He's made a load of money in tech or whatever yeah. the heck he was doing. Like he's not an idiot, but like he he's he pretends to be an idiot. But mm. you know what I mean? Because he's trying to grift off like Republican donors and stuff like that. Like he has to he's like, We need to end birthright citizenship. There's this big thing he's pushing. It's like, well, you know that that would Vic, you're not an idiot. Therefore, you know that like you'd have to I think you'd have to pass a constitutional amendment to do that, right? Like, it's just not, that'll never happen. It's not going to happen. Be, you know, he has would have no power as president to do anything about that ever, and he knows that. But he just has to just say these, like, and nobody, and I don't even think the, a majority of even Republicans would agree with that, but he just has to, like, mm. come up to these stupid talking points. It's just, I, I don't know, man. It's all the, it's all about incentives, man. You know this better than anybody. Like, mm. the incentives, whether it's, in commentators, like we'll talk about Tim Pool with the Civil War stuff, yeah. or politicians, if you're running for office, like all the incentives are there for you to be as stupid as possible. Like you literally make more money the worse you are. Like mm. Twitter's new rule, I thought it was a good idea for about 30 seconds until I realized what it was actually gonna what 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 it meant. Mm. How like these big accounts, uh, Twitter's paying them ba to run ads in their comment section, God. which is like. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they're providing value to the company. They're making money. That's cool. I was like, oh no. Mm. Now every douchebag with a hundred thousand followers is gonna try to say the dumbest stuff they can think of just to try to get a bunch of hate comments so they can cash mm. out. It's like, dude, you're gonna see Twitter. Yeah. I mean, that was dude, that I, I thought I was like, man, that's a brilliant idea. And within a minute, I'm like, this is the worst thing to happen to social media ever. Like it's gonna get so if you think it's bad now, man, just give it a few months, dude. I mean, dude, they're paying the Krasensteins, Ian Miles <laughs> Chong, and Libs of TikTok multi, like, probably like half a million dollars between all of them which is just pure fucking engagement bait just slowly dripped into your fucking eyeballs that is just constantly there to piss you off they have a take on everything they have a video to make you mad and they have something that you're going to either retweet or comment on or share you're gonna call them a douchebag or you're gonna say oh this is uh, these stupid libs or something like that it is so perfect for these people to just sit there and constantly feed you shit that's going to keep you engaged in their shit. I, I fucking block all of them. All those fucking engagement brokers. I can't do it. Gone. Yeah. I, I cannot do the, the shit of just constantly getting fee fed the worst of society to your face. Like, I, I think I don't think it's good for you. I don't. And I used to enjoy trying to ratio a, a good lib on Twitter, you know? Like, I used mm -hmm. to enjoy as much as the next guy really come up with just a just a gut punch when somebody says something stupid, try to get a ratio yeah. out of it. Now I'm like, man, I don't want to give anybody a penny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I don't want to be part of the reap the problem, incentivizing these people to become worse and worse versions of themselves. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm just not, I'm only going to comment on my friend's stuff now. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not yeah. even going to use the comments anymore. Goodness. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get why he wants to do it because it probably does give people incentives to be engaged in the platform right. more. But like I said, it, it literally does just 
throw like the intelligence level straight to the floor. And it's so funny. I'm sure you've experienced this too, where I'll put out factual information. Like I'll cite study after study after study on something related to health or, you know, something about China propaganda. I will put it all very, very well documented. No engagement. But if I fucking go after someone, you know, for the jugular, oh my God, everybody fucking loves it. Everybody can't wait to see more people smell blood in the water. And then they, you know, they get their bite and then they move on to the next thing rather than saying, okay, I want to like learn. Twitter isn't that kind of platform. And it's, it's such a good platform for engagement and for reach, but it's not the platform where you can educate people, unfortunately. No, I mean, like. It depends. I mean, I, I'm educated on Twitter because I really curate what I see. I mean, I have half of the exactly, world yeah. either muted or blocked. I have everybody <laughs> blocked, man. I'll block, I'll, not block, but I'll mute even like friends and mutuals if they tweet too much. If they get too annoying, I'm like, oh, I'll mute you for a few weeks. I think I need a little mm-hmm. break, you know? Not not you, buddy, but, uh, you know, other people. But like, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like, it, it, you should, everybody should just be curating what they're seeing, man. Like, nobody's right. entitled to your time or attention or, Mm-hmm. anything i mean just ignore it like you don't need you know the, these people and another thing too man why our, our why our body politic is so messed up right now is that trump drives so much engagement that like mm-hmm. it's like that's why almost every republican like influencer and commentator is just like just sucking trump trump trump's dick every day is because it just makes some money man like I've heard yeah. of not not at a not at the uh, I write for Independent Institute and I write for Washington Examiner, and Independent mm. Institute is just an economic think tank. It's a libertarian free market think tank. Washington Examiner is a like a conservative magazine that doesn't like Trump too much, so it's like they don't. I've never I've never been asked, and then I podcast. I don't have a boss. I do whatever I want, so I've never been personally right. asked to like be pro Trump or whatever. But like I've dude I've heard from so many people, man, that are just mm. like can you try to like praise Trump in this? It'd be great for numbers or like, can you just tie, or even if it's not like pro Trump, like, can you tie Trump? I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, a writer who was <laughs> an editor was like, this is great. It's a great, it was about some like local policy point in like, mm. I don't know where West Virginia or something. It's like, can you just tie this to Trump? And he's like, how am I going to, this has nothing to do with Donald. They're like, we just need Trump in the headline, man, or people won't read it. It's like, dude, that is, it's created this ridiculous, toxic circle jerk between Trump mm-hmm. and the press where it's just like, it's all Trump all the time. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help Trump. It doesn't help mm-hmm. his chances of becoming president again. The more people see him, the more women and minorities and independents hate the guy. So it's like, it's all it does. It's just this money machine, man. There's nothing more to it. It's just money. Like, I know I've said this on my show and I would never name names, but dude, the, the, <laughs> The people that cannot stand Trump, that talk mm. about how great Trump is every day on Twitter and in their work, I'm trying, I could sink half of the business with the DMs I've got, brother. Like I, <laughs> I know what a lot of these people actually think in real uh-huh. life, but the money's too good and the fame's too good and it feels good to be a part of a club and this, that. Hey, Fabe, and it's, it's professional fucking wrestling. Yeah, man. It's all it is. It's all it is. I mean, the only how the heck do we convince the voters to realize this? Like that, mm-hmm. that's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, they've been lied to by the government their whole lives. They've been, they've, people, at least on our side of the aisle are coming around to corporate media being evil. But it's like mm-hmm. how, like these people have not figured out, like general public has not figured out that human nature doesn't change. Like right. <laughs> somebody's going to act on the same incentives, whether they have CNN in their job description or not, you know, mm-hmm. they're still people, they're still trying to make money in media. And if the incentive, if there are perverse incentives there, people are going to behave in a perverse manner, regardless of there's like if there's corporate backing or if it's like an independent network or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of what's frustrating about somebody like Tim Pool is that people will assume that, oh, he's independent. You know, he doesn't need all this. Listen, that dude will goggle or gargle Trump's balls all day, every day if it means he can get a fucking check. And he'll say, oh, I'm just reading the news. I'm not biased. But like he will leave out every bad thing that Trump ever did. He will omit every single bad foreign policy thing that Trump did, which is a lot that a lot of people don't want to recognize because once again, You'll hurt your MAGA grift. People love to hear, you know, one extreme or the other when it comes to Trump. Like you can admit that he did good things and he was a good negotiator and that the peace with North Korea was good, cut tax rates is good. But though, like you, you can 
you can say the whole picture. But once again, if you go nuanced, if you give an explanation for things, that doesn't sell. Versus where if you just say, oh, Trump's the best president ever, then everybody's going <laughs> to click on never Everybody's either going to love you or everybody's going to hate you. If you want to if you want to give people the truth, people don't fucking have an appetite for it anymore. It's just too long, didn't read. You know, they go through the drive-thru, you throw a piece of information in their mouth, and they just keep fucking driving. I know, man. I know. And eventually there's got to be a market for the truth again. I mean, if guys like you and I are in real trouble, if there's not, but you know, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, hopefully down the road, man, there's a market for it, but it's the funniest thing too, man. Trump is 80. All right. He's 80 years old. I don't know how old Tim pool is 40. He can't be past 40. He looks, you know, I, I think he's, I want to say late thirties, late thirties. Yeah. Trump's an old fat man. Like I, I hope he lives to 120 but this is his last election, win or lose. He would lose, but he can't, he's not going to win. But like, this is his last election, right? He's not, he's not running at 85 or whatever. Why tie your entire like brand and career? And <laughs> like, why, why, tie, why tie it to an 80? Like, it doesn't matter if it was, it. you can't do, I mean, you can't do it with, I mean, Ron Paul just keeps on ticking, man. I mean, the man's 90 yeah. something and still hosting a show and everything. But I mean, it's even like, libertarians wouldn't have been wise to tie their entire identity to Ron Paul. Cause he was 77 or something when he was 78, when he ran in, in right. 2012. So it's like, I, it just makes, I'm just a business strategy standpoint. It makes no sense. It's like, why would you tie yourself to this man? Who's so old, he's not going to be in politics very much longer and has an approval rating of 35%. So it's like 65% of the country that might agree with you on other things. You're just never going to appeal to them because you just can't, take trump's penis out of your mouth for five seconds it's just like i just don't i i don't get why i mean like maybe the money's just great i don't know mm. maybe hey man maybe i'm missing out i don't know but like i don't know it just it seems like a bizarre strategy overall well i, I think you probably understand this dynamic as well but i did a whole podcast on what is mainstream media right quote unquote yeah. um when tim pole and joe rogan are like smoking cnn msnbc fox news yeah. um we should start to adjust the way that we think about mainstream media, right? Because now they have a greater share of the market over on the overall conversation, right? I mean, when you have Joe Biden coming out, sit, you know, swatting Joe Rogan for saying something, then I think we could start saying this is mainstream. And I'm not saying that in a pejorative way. I'm just saying that's the truth of the matter. We should adjust the way that we talk about things and understand media according to that. But nobody wants to. Everybody, if people want to like have their cake and eat it too, where Tucker Carlson, who I've actually grown to like a lot more, um, I, I've, I've knocked him before for I think good reason, but though like every single he understand interview, economics, but he's, he's right. good on on foreign policy. And yeah, like things. his um, it's just his personality is very very like attractive to like he just he seems like a genuine fucking dude, which I like. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Um, oh Tucker Carlson, they'll say, oh well, you know, he's just like this dissident, you know, media figure who, yeah. you know, he's like going against the regime or something like that. It's like, well, you realize he's like the most popular figure in TV. That's a good thing, but you don't have, you don't get the simultaneous narrative of him being like this lone dissident voice when he's the most popular voice on television. And now probably has the biggest show on Twitter. Well, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. But once yeah, again, yeah, these yeah. two narratives conflict. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny too, like Trump, like people still have this like notion that Trump is like the anti-establishment oh, yes, candidate and that, and that like Tim pool is like this insurgent, you know, anti-establishment figure. And it's like, and I like, I'm not just trying to pick on Tim pool. I don't really know much about Tim pool. I think mm. the only thing I've ever seen from him is when he was on Rogan and he did a really, really good job. He was just destroying some lady oh, yeah, that worked the, for Twitter. Yeah. And she was CEOs. not ready for prime time. And Rogan yeah. and Tim pool just, cooked her yeah. executed her on on live television and then uh i mean like our my buddy uh clint russell's on on tim's show a lot and like i'll mm -hmm. i've clicked on like the 60 second clip that clint will tweet i was like oh sweet like he's killing it on this big platform talking about esg or whatever you know what i mean so like that's cool and i appreciate he has those people on but it's just like it's trump has like the support of like most of the republican establishment you know like these politicians that you would call establishment like lindsey graham all these people all they've all endorsed him he's like the f massive front runner he has like fox news and all these people in his corner tim is constantly sharing these completely non-controversial 
just like majority boring simple opinions in terms of like in the republican party and you're like Mm -hmm. that's not like you can agree with it or not but that's not anti like that is established and they're not like bought and paid for by nefarious actors you know whatever i'm not saying tim pool is like advertising for northrop grumman or something like that of course not but like it's it's not this like fringe thing anymore if you're just espousing the majority opinion and just like saying stuff that you know is going to get tons of praise on social media like that's the opposite Mm. of anti-establishment man like that is Mm. i mean you're kind of just going with the flow at that point yeah it's kind of like when somebody will say nobody is saying this but then you look at like one specific side of the aisle and everybody's saying the same thing once again i don't care i don't have a problem with it it's good and i'm glad that he platforms all libertarians and stuff like that but like you just you don't get to have both narratives at once and it's always been so funny to me that people say trump is anti-establishment it's like you realize this dude was president for like four or five years and then everything that the deep state wanted to do they basically just rolled him on regardless and then half the time he celebrated it that's the other thing that people oftentimes forget he celebrated all the COVID spending he he was ready. He was celebrating the fact that he drone, um, you know, did drone strikes against Soleimani. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, and now he's celebrating, you know, um, what the way that he did lockdowns or, you know, issued the emergency order, the vaccine, yep. and then also Operation giving the weapons to Ukraine. And yeah, yeah, like it, he's Ukraine. not. Yeah, he's not um, anti-establishment at, at all. That's always been funny to me. My buddy uh, Kevin dropped in here. Trump is a god king. Watch your mouth. He, uh, <laughs> him, and him and I shoot the shit about QAnon stuff all the time because uh, there's a DC Drano account who's huge. I think I, and I, think he, I muted him. I think I, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't he kept showing up it, in my feed. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> some of these accounts make you even question the people you're following. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you question your own buddies because you're like. You're not this stupid. What are we doing? Like, what are we like? What are we? You got kids, bro. Like, what are we? Like, what? What are we doing? You're not 18 years old. Like, you're. you're yeah, I don't. Know. Anyway, DC Drano, go on. Sorry. About oh that. no, no, no. Uh, just Trump being anti-establishment is just like I. The strongest case for voting for Trump was definitely in 2016. I want to say the weakest case was 2020 because like the whole country's burning down and people are locked in their homes and Trump's the president. And then he says, this is Biden's America. It's like, dude, have yeah. some fucking humility here. Can't. He won't. He won't. Nope. It, it is not no. his deal. He refuses to take accountability for anything. And uh, I had Dave Smith on, um, I want to say probably a couple of months ago now, but him and I kind of talked about this a little bit too, where like literally Trump is knocking DeSantis on everything that DeSantis said good on. And DeSantis is just kind of being like wish-washy when it comes to the stuff with Ukraine, where like, I think if DeSantis came out tomorrow and said no more aid to Ukraine, I think he'd skyrocket in the polls. Like if he took a firm stance on that, I think he would, he would do a lot better because you see with uh, someone like Vivek um, where he's taking a little bit more of a firm stance and yeah, he does kind of drive me nuts too. But I mean, those two have taken firm stance as popular. Vivek's pulling at one percent. I mean, he's not. There was like, there was that fake, um, uh-huh. like Democrat poll that it was always like they had like, uh, it's the same poll that had the woman that was running against uh, Ron DeSantis up by like five points or something, and he won by. Oh, is that where? Yeah, is that yeah, where Vivek was, got that? that it was okay. that same pollster. There was like, oh, Vivek okay. is like up tied with DeSantis in second place, mm-hmm. but it's just not true at all. Every other poll has him at like 1%. The thing is gotcha. that, okay. the thing is that it, it's tough, man. It's tough. And I, 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 I constantly have to remind myself this. And like, I go to like real clear politics and check polling averages on different topics sometimes yeah. because I like even like normal, like normie Republican conservatives who are like our age, and like come on my show and stuff like that. People that like even disagree with me on foreign policy are still like pretty good on Ukraine. They're like, they're just over it. They don't want to send any more money over there and then stuff like that. Mm. Nationally, it's not in our favor. Like it's right. still like a majority, even among Republicans, it's like send money to Ukraine. Is that like 60% still? It's like, right. we have a lot of work to do. Like it's easy to get, like I'm, I'm definitely not in a bubble because I follow people from all across the political spectrum. But it's just like the people I respect all agree on this, you know. And then even people I don't necessarily agree with a lot of stuff on are kind of with me on this, in in terms of Ukraine. But it's just like 
nationally it's not man the war machine the propaganda does for oh, some yeah. reason still work on the majority of voters and like support for ukraine is the majority like winning opinion politically as crazy as that sounds unfortunately that's still the case mm-hmm. yeah it's i i kind of wonder though because trump's taken a very very hard stance on this now i do not believe that he would do anything no. about it i think things would probably stay the same and i've said this well, he said throughout- he said he yeah. was like when he because he was just like i'll negotiate we'll end the war in 24 mm. hours in and 24 then, and hours they're like well how how are you going to do that and he was like well and then he de- he describes joe biden's policy he's like well <laughs> i'll yeah. uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell him that they need to negotiate and then i'll threaten putin to send Zelensky more weapons mm-hmm. i'm like the exact thing that started that is, the war. That's literally the Democrats. That's like Lindsey Graham's policy and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's policy. Mm-hmm. It's like he couldn't. He has such a, 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 a narrow understanding of the issues that he can't even bring himself to, like, formulate any kind of plan on what he would do. Like, it's just. Man, his, his foreign policy terrifies me, man. It's yeah. yeah, it's just all over the map. Right. I yeah, I totally get that. So I guess kind of moving on to like strictly DeSantis then. Um, like I said, I have some optimism in the respect that he he is competent enough to get good people around him. Um, right. My opinion is I think um, if it's Biden versus Trump, I think Trump loses. I don't think it's going to be a huge loss, but I think he's going to lose. I don't think there's any way that Trump wins. Um, could I be wrong? Sure. I think if DeSantis beats Trump, I think DeSantis will win over Biden pretty easily. It's not yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, sky high victory, but I think if it comes to a debate, I think DeSantis will absolutely walk all over Biden. Oh yeah. I mean the only like Trump is the only like Trump debating Biden was not effective because and this isn't Trump's fault. It's just like the propaganda propping up Joe Biden is this like kindly old elderly man. Or whatever. And then so but that's the narrative that's built built up the last 20 years around Biden. And right. so when Trump attacks him, he's he's like your average normie like woman in the suburbs, just like, oh, this guy's mean to the old man. And it makes him like <laughs> Biden more, even though Biden's this mm-hmm. bumbling fool who can no longer speak English. You know what I mean? So it's just like Trump's style worked great on Hillary. Right. Because she's this like caricature of an evil psychopath. She's like the cartoon (laughs) version of the bad guy in the worst movie. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so like people liked even independents, even some Democrats liked Trump being mean to Hillary because they wanted to be mean to Hillary since the nineties. Cause she was annoying as a first lady. She was annoying as a Senator, annoying as a secretary of state. And people like, Mm -hmm. can somebody just be mean to her, please? She deserves it. That just doesn't, that only works on her and maybe like a few others. You know what I mean? But like, it just does not work on this old dementia patient, you know what I mean? People just, it comes off as mean. And I think you're totally right too. Like the thing is, the thing is, man, they could, even if Biden is polling lower than Trump, it could be a reverse 2020 where Trump wins the popular vote and loses the election because Trump has to run the table in these States where he has shot himself in the dick over and over. He has to win two of the three. Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. He has to win two of those three. That's not going to happen. And even if he wins two of those three, he has to win both Georgia and Arizona. The the Arizona Republican Party has been wiped out by that moron Carrie Lake, who's just like, oh, <laughs> she's just like this ridiculous clown who like, and like I, I mentioned, dude, I got I ugh, the autism of some libertarians, man. I, I mentioned. Carrie Lake after after the midterms, after she lost what should have been like the easiest win, that gubernatorial election should have been the easiest thing in the world. Mm. She spent like the previous month in Arizona saying, if you're if you like John McCain, don't vote for me. <laughs> so it's like, mm. and I'm like, that wasn't smart. And people are like, you're defending John. Yeah, yeah. I'm defending John McCain, me, the the anti-war anarcho-capitalist. I'm defending no. I'm saying, my goodness, can you shut your mouth and win an election? Just shut up. Just stop talking for five seconds. Just shut your mouth. Say nothing. Stop talking about how the election was stolen. Stop talking about how if you're a John McCain voter, which is like 
I'm sure he still polls at 60% approval from the grave in Arizona because he was a senator from Arizona, <laughs> one re-election every six years by a large margin for 30 years. Okay, like right. very popular. I don't like him. You don't like him. I don't, I'm not a Republican voter. I'm not a, I'm not a swing voter in Arizona. I'm not, I'm nobody's target audience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's not with these state parties. And he attacked Kemp and all the Republicans in, uh, in Georgia and just hollowed out the Republican party there. They have two Democrat senators in Georgia, which is ridiculous. Right. It's like, he's not going to win both. So it's just like, even if Biden is falling apart, he can no longer speak. And like Trump wins the popular vote. I think the Democrats have him beat in these swing states, man. I just don't see how he like pulls together 270 electoral votes. Like it's just, I mean, what state does he do better in than he did in 2020? Right. Well, and like, like you said, him and Carrie Lake are almost campaigning. Their entire slogan is like, 2020 was stolen like they cannot stop talking about that and it's kind of like i said earlier zero accountability they yeah. will not take accountability for any wrongdoing no. and it's funny because you can even look back it's not hard to find you can find tweets of carrie lake saying that she wanted to go watch the fireworks with obama it's like she's <laughs> just like transparently in like a lizard person almost who just repeats basic maga talking points that sound good is going to get you know the maga base all riled up but like to anyone outside of that nobody cares and it's the same deal with um you know trump i think to a lesser degree because he's a little bit of a bigger figure but still like if your campaign promise is to you know make america great again again and 2020 was stolen. I, I I don't think that motivates people. Same way as in 2020 is keep America great doesn't motivate people, especially people like you and I who are millennials who are stacked up with college debt. We're told that we were unessential, and you know we know the inflation's coming, and you can't go to you know the economy looks horrible. You can't buy a house or anything like that, and you're telling people, oh, America's great. Like to younger voters like us, we're like what? What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it, and it's it's hard to capture lightning in the bottle twice, man. Like 2016 was yeah. Trump's moment, mm -hmm. and it's just it is what it is, you know. Like it's it's we we I mean how, how long have libertarians tried to recreate the Ron Paul moment, man? It hasn't happened mm. since. Right, it hasn't happened since, and it didn't even make sense. Ron Paul was old. He's not a very good speaker. I mean, I I could listen to him talk all day because I agree with him on everything, but like I, yeah. and, but he's not this like charismatic like Ronald Reagan who would have these like big speeches, you know what I mean? Or like a mm. whatever, like trying to think of like a, there isn't that many like great orators in like American politics right now. They're all pretty bad, <laughs> which is, which is weird. But like, you know, he, he didn't have, he didn't have like charisma, you know what I mean? Mm. And he still had like stadiums full of like college students chanting end the fed and end the wars and stuff like that. Mm. Like how the heck do we recreate that? We tried to, you know, like we've tried a lot of times, like the, the LPs ran people like there's been mm -hmm. Liberty Republicans who have run and just even Rand Paul, like he dropped out what, like right before Iowa. He didn't even make it to Iowa, I don't think, when he yeah. ran in 2016. There just wasn't an appetite for it. So it's like it's just I, you can never just run the same playbook over and over, man. Right. And Trump, too. It's like even if you think the election like elections are rigged by Democrats in the sense that they have their thumb on the scale because of the corporate press probably adds five to 10 points in every election nationwide for oh, the yeah. Democrats. And yep. they just suppress information. They kick people off social media. They control the mm -hmm. flow of information. It, but it's like, but even if you believe, which is not true, but even if you believe that like the Democrats physically like stuffed ballot boxes or like messed with voting machines or whatever, mm -hmm. when Trump is at, like, people will ask him like normal, like mainstream journalists, like, okay, so let's say you're right that the election is stolen. Like, what's your plan? He's like, we're just going to win. It's like, well, what? Like, what? So like, how are you going to stop him from cheating? We're just going to win more. And it's like, bro, this is like what a four-year-old would say. Like you're talking to, like, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing from a child and like his whole, all of his surrogates are behaving like children. They have no concrete answers on how they're going to get any of this stuff done. It's like, man, it's like an unprofessional campaign. Like, it's just, it's painful to watch. And then like, Yesterday, I wrote about this for the examiner yesterday. He spent over $40 million of uh, donor money, like small dollar donation money, PAC money, on his own personal legal bills. And it's like, dude, you, 
so and and this is this came from his pack which is called save america and packs are they're restricted by like the dollar amount donation so they're not super packs are the ones that can take donations from like corporations and unions and shit and get like hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff like that that the packs are actual support like trump supporters donating their money and he took 40 million of that and used it to pay his bills the homeboy has three billion dollars right like it's pretty reprehensible that like Steve at the bar down the street making 35 grand a year is paying for Donald Trump's legal bills. Like right. that stuff, like that's where like cuz I think all politicians are ridiculous and evil and stuff but like that stuff I was like okay, well like I could never vote for a guy like that. Like that is just like crossing the line just taking advantage of his own supporters who I I like Trump supporters. Like I'm buddies with Trump. Like I voted for Trump myself. Like I know these people. I understand these people. I love these people. And Trump is treating them like chumps, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's gross, man. It's actually like, ah, it's like, man, that is some dirty stuff, man. It's like, dude, you are right. He's the richest man who's ever held the office of president. Just pay your own bills, man. Like, well, that was like the same deal. I don't know. (laughs) That was kind of the same deal with the, uh, the 2020 lawsuits is that uh, they raised, I think it was like $250 million yeah. and only spent 40 million on the actual yeah. lawsuits. Like where the fuck did the rest of that money go? Like that is a lot of fucking money that you just mm-hmm. burned up right through. And what ultimately happened with all of the election fraud cases or, you know, their investigations, nothing. They all got thrown La- out. They were, and then they were even, laughed out, laughed out of court. Yeah. And then even Sidney Powell, the lawyer that he appointed, right? The Kraken, she said, yeah, I, I knew this is bullshit from the beginning. Like, she yeah. came out and said that. Rudy so, Giuliani, like, all of them are going to have to, or they're going to go to jail. Right. They have to. So, so, like, once again, what is the plan here? There's no plan. And if all your people are sitting here saying that, like, this is a bullshit plan, then either Trump is, like, willingly incompetent or he's kind of in on it. I. I don't know what to believe, but like at a certain point, you got to quit making fucking excuses for the dude. If every, you know, just constantly he puts roadblocks in his own way every single time without fail. Yeah. And it's like the, his supporters and surrogates and, and influencers and whatnot, the influencers are the worst on for any candidate. I mean, they're just right. I mean, the, the Biden influencers are just hilarious at this point because it's just yeah. so detached from reality. It's like, like shooting fish in a barrel though, dude. That, that's <laughs> yeah. so easy. Like you I just got to, <laughs> I know, I know, but it's like there. It's like the Trump campaign. It's like Trump twenty twenty four. Don't blame him. He's easily fooled. And it's like, it's like, what else can you? It's like, oh, don't blame him. It was Fauci's fault. It was this. Is this? Yeah. You know, it was Mark Milley's fault. It was this guy's fault. It was Congress. It was what? It's like you're the president of the. You're the most powerful man on earth who had up till at that point ever lived in terms of in terms of military power and influence mm-hmm. over global economies over the livelihoods and quality of life of human beings on earth at that point other than people in the bible who i believe in you might not that's the story for another day but aside from people like that trump was the most powerful person who's ever lived on earth until very recently no i i never want to hear an excuse out of that guy man like that mm-hmm. is it's it's pathetic and it's just it's just but the thing that bothers me the most about like the like the like the cult like you know cult of personality around Trump is just the fact that you were used to it. We're just not used to seeing it from like grown men. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you're just used to like yeah. seeing like the blue haired feminist Democrat mm. vote blue no matter who, like the mm. JoJo from Jersey stupid influencer. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like this, the ridiculous, yeah. like wear a mask and I'm going to do yoga and a mask. And you're just like used mm-hmm. to like the, like the cult member, like the cult of a political candidate. Like you're just yeah. used to it when you're looking at like this, like a feminine man or, or like woman with pink hair or like yeah. fat lesbian or something like that. Like that, that's like, when you think of like person obsessed with like a politician, it's like that, but like, you're just not used to, it's like, truck drivers doing that is so weird man it's just you're just like oh <laughs> like what like this yeah. isn't like i'm not you like what am i looking at like you're acting like a a 17 year old blue-haired feminist but uh, you're like a 45 year old trucker like what like it's just like my brain i don't i i can't comprehend it man it just doesn't fit like you're just like something is off here like it's really off-putting and i just like recoil at it i'm just like oh just stop like this is don't you realize how ridiculous you look right now? You know, 
Yeah, I always say uh, Trump derangement syndrome goes both ways. You have the camp that absolutely cannot stand him. And if they told him that he takes glorious shits every morning and they would all stop shitting. And then you have the other side that just thinks he can do absolutely no wrong no matter what. It's not a one-sided thing. It's a very interesting phenomena that just like he draws out the most extremes on both yeah. sides. I, I've never seen anything like it. But, you know, honestly, I don't know if it's unique to him. I think it's just a sign of the times where the culture war is so hot and the government so big and so intrusive that now people feel so incentivized that their team has to win no matter right. what and it sucks because it shouldn't have to be that way that's how you get tim pool tweeting that you are in a civil war after they charged <laughs> trump with january 6th stuff or whatever yeah you are in a civil war i'm just like that's that's the political Touch grass. yeah that's just what that's this is what we're going to be hearing from these clowns man like civil war mm. like I tweeted something along these lines earlier. Like, if, if you say, if you're the kind of fella who is talking about how the, a civil war is imminent, I assume two things about you. One, you've never been in a fist fight. Two, you couldn't shoot MOA to save your, your life. Okay? Mm. So, like, I just, I'm not saying I'm some tough guy, man. I'm 5'11", 160. I'm not, you know, but I, I've been around my fair share of violence. You know how to handle myself. And when I see these guys talking about civil war, talking about, this, that, and the other, and fighting for Trump, and take it to the streets. And I'm like, just click on their profile picture, and you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think. I think you have very soft hands, my brother. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't know if you're doing man stuff, you mm -hmm. know, out in the woods like me, or man stuff in the gym like you. You know what I mean? I just don't. <laughs> I just don't get that vibe from Tim Pool. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's this black belt with a you know seven guns on his person at all time. But I, just, I just somehow I doubt that. So. <laughs> Like the the tough guy civil war talk is just like, what do you what do you do? Do you know what war is? Like I've never been a soldier, man, but mm. I, I've seen what war has done to friends, and to people I know, and I've covered it a ton on on my show. And I mean, it's like, dude, if you're throwing the word war around, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it's just like you're not a serious person if you think what we're dealing with politically right now is in anywhere in the same stratosphere as a physical war. Yeah, it, it's so goofy. But like I said, he uh, you got to hype up civil war so you can sell people the coverage of the war. Right. You know, because how else can you really prosper as a brand? Um, yeah, dude, I, I know you had a little bit of a timeline. We're a little bit over. Um, dude, I really, really enjoyed this talk. We'll definitely have to do it again. Um, one more time, go ahead and give your plugs and uh, we'll close her out if you have anything else. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I definitely got to get you on my show too, man. Let's do it again yeah. soon. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Brady Leonard. Um, you can find my show, the No Gimmicks Podcast, at No Gimmicks Pod. It's on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, right now, it's audio only. It's been audio only this whole time. Uh, but I am actually within the next month or so going to be jumping over doing audio and video as well. I'll be doing more live stream stuff like that too. I just, I just don't have my studio set up yet. It's it, it'll look better than this when I when I start doing. <laughs> like full-time video content, but yeah, check me out there. Um, always down to talk some shit on Twitter and mix it up with you guys. I always appreciate all the feedback, good and bad that I get from, from any one of these. So looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course. All right, everybody that was in Liberty and health with uh, the great Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this will hopefully be a uh, sooner. How do I want to put that occurrence again in the future? <laughs> Anyways, Absolutely. thanks everybody for listening until next time. Take care.